What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here, the Sci Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm the Sci, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half. Of the Sci Guys with Tad Sci and Tad. We were sort of talking about this in our last episode that you know, with the sort of unevenness of the schedule now, with the 17 game schedule, um, the first quarter of the season is you know officially kind done. Like, I mean, it'll, like it'll be officially done at halftime of next week, if I'm doing my math correct. Yeah, something along those lines. And I mean, technically, as of recording, we're recording on Monday night here. So, I mean, yeah, this week four is not officially over just yet. But for majority of the teams, week four is sort of like, you know, at the conclusion of week four, um, it's sort of like, you know, that conclusion of the first quarter sort of gives you an idea as far as where your team stands, where you need to improve, obviously. Um, no, my math is not shape correct. Up for the Damn rest. It. Um, but just overall, it just sort of gives you a good uh, sort of idea as far as just, you know, how your team needs to improve going forward. And if your team is looking strong already, like, what do you need to sort of do to sort of. How you sort of have a target on your back so other teams are going to be gunning for you, too. So after week four, this is sort of what it gets, quote unquote, real. Uh, OK, so I did um, the math and it is. Going to be a quarter of the way through the season after the first quarter of all of next week's games. There you go. There we there go. You. That's why you listen to the podcast. But Amir, I'm surprised you're leaving something out because you were a little bitter at the beginning of the season for this. Um, you no longer have any right to be. What's my uh, What's my fancy name in the LAFB network? Yes, of course, League. of course. Um. For those who don't know, Tad's name that he didn't change from last year. No, for, I did not. For God reason. For, which, for, you know, probably because for, he didn't for even reasons remember very that obvious now. Name. Well, okay, yeah, it's been one week, but just, yeah, so Tad's name is the better Desai guy in our LEFB Network Fantasy League. And who won our matchup this week? You did. Yeah. Uh, uh, and who won our matchup in DK? You did, but who won the previous three? I don't care. <laughs> All I care about is this previous week. It's short-term memory, baby. You and your recency bias. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, I, that, that's totally fine. I mean, obviously, you had a pretty good week. I think, Tad, you texted me. You said you went perfect in fantasy this week? I did. I won every yeah. single one of my leagues. It was awesome, especially yes, because in several of those leagues, I had Deshaun Watson, and in several others, I also had Amari Cooper, who, who man, you want to talk about a stinker, but yeah, no, it was a good fantasy week and, and I went three for three on bets. Yeah, that's actually not bad at all for sure. So yeah, pretty good week for Tad when it comes to football overall. Wow, it's almost like um, I know what I'm talking about. If only the Colts were able to come up with Oh, it. how dare you, sir? <laughs> I had to. I had to. You were sitting pretty on that's the throne here. Fair, like, you had knocked me down a bag. You had to bring me down to earth. Well, yeah. suck it because the Colts lost. Yeah, I will yeah. say though, they did make a game of it. They did. They did. Make a they game did. And I was telling the LAFB guys, like, I, like, obviously, yes, I would prefer we won. But the fact that we were that close and brought it to overtime, I was happy with that. But fucking Nakua, dude, this dude's unreal. <laughs> I know. Seriously, that is insane just how well he's been doing. I always thought he was going to be, like, one of those late-season guys that all of a sudden comes on strong. Just need to take a little time to get used to, obviously, the system and just playing in that offense. But, yeah. Throw that out the window because this guy is right out of the gate. He's looking fantastic. And early up yeah, is coming back here in week five. So can you imagine that tandem? Like, I mean, just that's going to be 
dangerous to look forward to if you're well i guess look forward to if you're a rams fan not look forward to if you're opposing defensive coordinators and opposing defenses so we are going to do our end of the year fantasy awards at you know in probably january i want to say maybe december when the season's done around um very very easy early favorite for pickup of the year Pick up the year, fantasy rookie of the year. I mean, mm-hmm, we'll figure yep. out awards once we get to that point. Fucking Bijan yeah, is. Let's stop me down another peg, though. Bijan's making me look like a damn idiot. He's in the running yeah. there, too. Well, that one, I, I didn't want to rub so much salt to that yeah, one. I did fair. a little bit yesterday, but just like, yeah, that was. I, I really just didn't understand your thinking behind that one. I was just like, this guy is really going to tear it up. But you know what? You do you, buddy. You do you. But I'm also going to tell you that's like, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Anthony Richardson. They're not running it as much too. with oh, him, too. Dude, so like, was, I think they're yeah. understanding yeah, that's that like, was hey, a very hopeful a big shots. So I think, like I said, you need to be a little bit more optimistic around him. I know you're very negative. I, when I, was, him. I was on Sunday. I was on Sunday. The entire offseason, you're like, I don't know how I feel no, about that's this fair. guy. That's I'm not fair. very confident about this guy. But I kept telling you, I was like, you need to be more confident because I think he could turn around. It'll take time. It clearly looking like this is like four weeks. It may take the rest of the season, too. But just he's looking like a franchise starter for them. So I'm pretty optimistic for you as a Colts fan there. But I think, Tad, we sort of, you know, gone on a little long here with our intro here let's sort of jump no, into no such thing <laughs> let's sort of jump into our week five waiver wire picks and i think more importantly looking at some of those injuries over week four that could be significant as we head into week five and then also tad this is a big thing you're talking about deshaun watson and amari cooper week five is when we start getting by weeks oh, now i got decimated critical. by bye weeks this week it it's sucked. even more critical that you're sort of attacking the waiver wire because you need to replace some guys that are going to be on a bye week so i talked about Deshaun watson mari cooper the browns are on a bye here in week five the los angeles chargers are on a bye here in week five the seattle seahawks i know they're playing tonight they get a full bye week they'll be ready to go by week seven so they're on a bye week and the last team on a bye week is the tampa bay buccaneers so yeah these are some injuries that will obviously affect you not just for this week as far as the bye weeks are concerned now but then also like depending on the injury they could be pretty severe here tad so i'm going to go through them as fast as i can here and then you feel and you feel free excuse me to sprinkle in what you feel about each situation here um with these injuries so let's start here with the cincinnati Bengals. Their Can't offense is rough break. already. Can't their offense is rough already, but now they're dealing with the injury here. T. Higgins, the wide receiver, left the game towards the end of the first half against the Tennessee Titans with a rib injury. He did not return in the second half. This is supposed to keep him out several weeks because he has a fractured rib, according to uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN. The big thing that's sort of going to be beneficial to him is that the Bengals have a bye week in week seven. So if they keep him out for two weeks and they have that bye week in week seven, he could hopefully be healthy by then. But yeah, it's not looking like he's going to be able to start before that time. So yeah, at least week seven is probably where he's going to be targeted to come back. But like I said, that's the bye week. So in the meantime, I mean, we've seen this all before when we had injuries to Jamar Chase last year, also T. Higgins got hurt last year. Tyler Boyd will step up to fill up that void left by T. Higgins. Also, Boyd, you got to look at Are you Trenton. saying that Boyd will fill the void? Boyd will fill the void. I think that's the biggest thing that you got to be looking for there. Um, Trenton Irwin, I think we heard of his name quite a bit last year as well, so I think he should see an increase in targets. And Tat, one guy that we had liked through the draft process, the guy out of Princeton, Andre Yeshivas. The rookie could possibly get some targets as well if they go to more spread three wide, four wide receiver sets in that offense. But just, I really got to ask you about this, Tad, because I mean, T. 
Higgins being out for at least three weeks is probably significant too. But just you look at that Bengals offense and you thought, you know, after what we saw in week three, they had that good offensive performance. Jamar Chase bounced back. Joe Burrow bounced back. That offense just overall looked a lot better. Then they throw up a dud against the Tennessee Titans, scoring only three total points against them. I mean, they just look all out of sorts. The consistency, we're not seeing it week over week. So, I mean, just A, how do you feel about the Bengals offense? And B, if you don't like any of the replacements for T. Higgins, who's another guy that you like off the waiver wire here? So first things first, I'm not going to lie. Yes, I did like him a lot during the draft process, but I totally forgot about him uh, <laughs> since then. I honestly, yeah. God, was going to bring him up before you did, and I was going to say Eos uh, Evas. Eos Evas. I remember we looked at this Eos and we were questioning yeah, it the entire it. draft process, and I think we finally got it. it. Eos Evas. Eos Evas. Yeah, I'm not trying that. All right. So um, let me tackle your first question about the Bengals offense in terms of their uh, – I know he doesn't listen to this because uh, he's not a big fantasy football guy, so I'm going to try to take advantage of that. Is I'm actually going to try to trade for Joe Burrow tomorrow. Is um, I think that this Bengals offense, while, yes, they have been an abysmal failure th- you know, to start the season, I cannot imagine a world – and, God, this clip has the potential to age – horrifically but also as the age to your uh, chance to age pretty well is i i cannot imagine this Bengals offense being this inept for the rest of the season going forward i think it's just a mix of joe burrow's injury the fact that because a lot of people forget joe burrow's injury was not just he didn't play in the preseason he didn't take any practice snaps throughout the preseason either it's still like this is basically we're watching the Bengals july practices uh, you know, form out on the football field, which is real unfortunate when the games matter. But we have 13 more weeks to go. There's no way an offense this talented, even with T. Higgins out, is going to remain this um, stagnant. So I think that the while you may want to sell the Bengals, people like me are going to try to take advantage of that knee-jerk reaction and fleece you on trades here. So don't do it. Do not drop. Uh, well, Jamar Chase, obviously, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, the big ones are safe. But don't drop uh, Tyler Boyd if you have him on your bench because he's an excellent replacement for T. Higgins, as you pointed out. Um, don't drop um, – oh, God, I want to say, is it Irv Smith? I'm getting all these, like, Minnesota – uh, tight ends mixed up because you got Hawk- juniors are starting tight. You end. got Hawkinson and yeah, all these NFC North res- uh, tight ends are just going to these different teams. But Irv Smith is a name uh, worth keeping an eye on. So I think that Bengals offense is something that yes, you should be wary of. I'm not so sure there must starts anymore, but I don't think it's hit the panic button yet. Especially because, like I said, I'm I, like people like me are going to try to take advantage of that. Where I'm going to try to fleece this guy with a Joe Burrow trade this week, and I think he's going to take it because he's panicking. He's about to drop to one and three, and he has already expressed um, concern of his like you know quarterback issue. And now I have Deshaun Watson and Brock Purdy, so I can spare a QB. Um, so I, 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 for long story short, I say trust the Bengals offense. As for a potential outside replacement with another team. This might be my riskiest pick of the week. I'm, I'm torn between two of my picks. I like Darnell Mooney. Interesting. Okay. I know it's okay. interesting, but here's why. Chase Claypool is pissed. I don't know. For our listeners, <laughs> we're recording on Monday night. Did you see the news this morning? 
Yeah, it's pretty much that it's, you know, very similar to the Cam Akers situation in Los Angeles, where it's just like, very you know, similar. he's not reporting there. The front office seems to have an issue with him. They're asking him not to report even to practices now. So just like, I don't know what's going to happen there. They're apparently open to taking a trade offer only for a fifth or a sixth round pick. So, yeah, this is uh, not going to work out well for the Bears and Chase Claypool. He's probably going to be playing elsewhere over the next couple of weeks. All time bad trade. They traded a first round pick for this guy. They basically. did. They did. Um, so yeah, so for those of you who don't know, like you said, Chase Claypool, like it's it Cam Akers is a great comparison. Good job by you. Because it's one of those things where it's like, fine, you're pissed, you're not that good with us at least. We don't want to deal with your shit anymore. Get out. It's like mm-hmm. the South Park episode. Like, if you don't like it, you can get out. So that's basically what's happening there. And Darnell Mooney is now solidified because of all this in the number two role. That's why I wasn't a big fan of him going into the season was He's now taking the number three role behind Claypool, but Claypool's gone now, whether it be holdout or whether it be trade. And Darnell Mooney thrives in that number two role. Now, I already know while I was looking up these stats, Bears fans are going to yell at me that, like, he was their number one that year. Okay, hear me out. Darnell Mooney thrives as when a, he has a bigger receiver that can take attention away from him. That's what I mean by the number two receiver. Because going all the way back to 2021, that was the last time that he had over 1,000 yards and over 60 receptions. That year was also the year that Allen Robinson was there. So all this attention was being put towards Allen Robinson. Sorry, Robertson. So uh, I, I'm going to keep making the joke. I have to. <laughs> I only have like a year or two left where I can make that joke. Um, so I think now that, you know, obviously DJ Moore, and again, I again, I know it was against the Broncos, but DJ Moore also was kind of looking like he was in his stride last weekend. So hopefully that will draw enough attention away from him where Darnell Mooney can kind of succeed in that number two role. And as I said before, I understand that they were playing the Broncos, but the Bears are going to be passing it a ton to keep into these games over the next couple of weeks. So let's talk about the next couple of weeks because they play Washington, Minnesota, Vegas, and the Chargers. Those are some vulnerable secondaries, if you ask me. So Darnell Mooney, like I said, probably my riskiest pick, but I kind of like him as a stash and C option. There you go. There you go. We'll see exactly how that plays out. We did see a lot more life from the Bears offense this past week against the Denver Broncos. Hopefully that will continue going forward against a semi-soft schedule that you sort of laid out there. So, yeah, we'll see. And they still lost. Fortunately, yeah, they still lost for both of our friends there, Matt and Jay, unfortunately, just dealing with the 0-4 Chicago Bears team. When they're surrounded by a lot of offense. Matt's already done watching them. He's already yeah. done watching them. We were we yeah. were texting him after uh, uh, Fields had that fumble. We were like, oh, that's a bummer. He's like, what happened? <laughs> like, you're not even watching? He's like, nah. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's tough for sure. Um, Let's get to the Denver Broncos, actually. We were talking about Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos, and they actually have an injury at their running back position. And this is my boy, Javante Williams, is dealing with an injury, which sort of worries me a little bit. traded for him. He left the game against the Chicago Bears with an apparent hip injury in the first half. He was ruled out of the game with a hip flexor injury. Now, the big good news thing that we should sort of highlight here is that he is not expected to miss time. Now, they may decide to hold him out this week as a precaution, but yeah, apparently it was not anything super significant. I think throughout the week of practice, they'll be able to sort of ease him in, and he should be totally fine once they actually get to week five here. But yeah, it's looking like it's not going to be anything serious. At the most, he may miss a week. But in case he does have to miss that week, they want to be a little bit more cautious with him. Um, 
undrafted rookie tat, Jaleel McLaughlin. I mean, he looked pretty strong in his plays. He had 104 scrimmage yards against the Chicago Bears, and he scored a touchdown through the air as well. So, I mean, this guy was definitely filling the role that Javante Williams sort of uh, was uh, – filling the role that Javante Williams opened up for him. And Samaj Pierre may also get a few touches and some uh, targets in that offense as well. But just, yeah, looking like, you know, as far as a waiver wire addition, Jaleel McLaughlin may be a guy that a lot of people are going to be targeting this week. I know he's available in a lot of leagues for sure. But just one thing that's interesting, Tad, is just, you know, I'm going to shift to my next team here, and that's a, I'm going to give you a twofer here. And I really Ooh. want to talk to you about this offense as well because it's very similar to Cincinnati. We're just like, I'm not sure what we can expect for this offense going forward. And the head coach has already said, we definitely did not have our best performance, and we definitely need to make some changes. I mean, he used a lot more colorful language than I just put right now. But I'm going to talk to you about Mike Tomlin talking oh, about the I did hear about Steelers this. offense. And they, they do because Najee Harris sucks. <laughs> And so uh, we'll get to that here a little bit here, but unfortunately they're dealing with two significant injuries. First, let's start at the quarterback position. Kenny Pickett left the game against the Houston so Texans scared. with what I looked so like scared. a, My it heart looked like a bad new in, knee injury. He had to get help off the field, and he didn't play the rest of the second half in that game. Mitchell Trubisky stepped in for Pickett, attempted only five passes, had three completions for 18 yards, no touchdowns whatsoever. So, I mean, the offense wasn't Typical. all that much better with him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Pickett, though, thankfully, did not suffer a serious injury. A lot of people were thinking the way he was tackled. I thought it was ACL. Been, a lot of people were expecting it. A lot of people thought it was going to be a torn ACL. He'd be out for the rest of the season. It's looking like it's a sprained MCL. So, it is going to keep him out for a few weeks. Looking like it may be able to play this week. But I think they probably may not want to push it. Very similar to Javante Williams where let's make sure this guy is fully healthy. Maybe we'll keep him out a week or two. And then we'll see what we can sort of get there. But just, yeah, it's not looking like he may be in line to start here at week five. And then in relation to that, Tad, before I get to your take here on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, Pat Fryermuth. He was also injured in that game, the starting tight end for them. Uh, he left the game in the third quarter as well with an apparent leg injury. He ended up missing the rest of the game as well, uh, ruled out with a calf injury. So what initially looked like just a tweak, like it wasn't going to be serious, very similar to Pickett's, where it's like it looked worse than it actually was. This did not look as bad, but apparently it's turning out to be a lot worse than they anticipated. It's looking like it's going to be a... Not just a tweet, but it's just like they're looking at it. They're doing more tests on it. They haven't confirmed exactly what the injury is, but they have confirmed that he's going to miss three weeks. He is Oof. going to be out for three weeks. So you're starting Oof. tight end potentially for a lot of people's fantasy rosters. Pat Fryermuth will be out for three weeks at least. In his place, you got the rookie out of Georgia. Darnell Washington is going to step up there. Um, we'll see if he can sort of make a name for himself in the NFL. He obviously made a huge name for himself back in Georgia. Um, but this is where we sort of get to the question here, Tad. It's hard to trust anybody in the Steelers' offense because, I mean, like you said, Najee Harris has not been performing the way I thought he would. I thought he'd be, like I said, one of those silent killers that everybody's going to overlook. I did. I thought everybody's going to overlook him, and he's going to find a way to just be this unquestioned stud in that offense. Boy, am I wrong through four weeks. We'll see exactly what happens the rest of the season long. But just Kenny Pickett looks out of sorts still. Like, I mean, there's a few times where he shows the flashes, but just he's not able to rely on the connections that you thought you could see or that you did see in the preseason that you thought would translate over to the regular season. Um, Deontay Johnson's on the IR still. So, I mean, he's been hurt. Obviously, we're here that he's a Pat Fryer being hurt, but just even when they're all healthy, it's just 
this offense is just, I don't know, it's just missing something that just brings it all together. Like I said, there's just no chemistry. It's just all out of sorts. I just don't know what it is. I know a lot of people are blaming the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, but just regardless of what it is, it's hard for me to trust the Steelers offense going forward, even if everybody was healthy. But now in this case, with a lot of people being hurt, I definitely do not trust their backup. So, I mean, just, Chad, what's your take on the Steelers offense and most likely, what are your suggestions for the quarterback waiver wire edition and a tight end waiver edition that are not Steelers? <laughs> I don't think. Okay. God, this is a data reference. But, um, I mean, you already mentioned it, but, you know, I, I already threw out a South Park reference, you know, earlier. So why not throw out another one? Is yes, is everyone's favorite blame candidate, but there's a reason why it's blame Canada. Like, yeah. it's Canada's fault. I've been throwing along for a lot of uh, on Twitter through this past couple of weeks. Damn sure. Like, that's Damn all. It. Damn it. You're late on that one, Tad, unfortunately. Fuck. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, it's a good joke. Clearly, it's a joke. It's very apt joke for sure, but just yeah, fortunately, I swear, guy did not know that. But no, it is absolutely his fault because this is the difference between the Steelers and the Bengals. The Bengals' offense doesn't. It's kind of hard to put into words, but they don't look inept, right? They just look hobbled, or like there's just something like that. That connection in the Bengals' offense just isn't there, and you can kind of tell that. That's why you know I think it was Al Rowe asked in um uh you know the chat. On Sunday it was, or maybe it was Carry on. Somebody asked in the LAFB uh, network chat, like, what is going on with Bengals right now? And I said it was mm-hmm. Burrow's entry, because that's the only explanation of why that connection is not happening. The Steelers just look inept. Like, they truly look like they, they have no idea what they're doing. And it's just like tiny little stuff. And I know this is kind of gone viral as well, but it's just like stuff like this where I'm like, what is happening with this team? Is like George Pickens caught a pass against the Texans, got tackled seven yards short of the first down, and he motioned for a first down. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what are you what, – like, what is happening? Like, it, it seems like that offense forgot how to play football. Not to mention that offensive line is terrible. Such a bad offensive line. So, no, I don't really blame Kenny Pickett at all, um, of course, because I'm very biased there, I will admit. But no, I will. I will admit, Pickett's been not making that step up that I was really hoping he would this year. Um, sophomore slump. I'm gonna blame it on that. But I, I completely agree with you on everything you said. Just like with the starters in, I'd still be, I'd be iffy. Now that all the backups are in, I'm not touching it. Darnell Washington's an interesting name to keep an eye on, though. Put him on your waiver target list, but don't pick him up. Let's wait to see if he was just the college stud where he was just – and this was his big draft concern. Was he just bigger than everyone else or was he actually good in college? And we're about to find out. So interesting eye to keep, interesting player to keep an eye on. Not immediate pickup for this week. So, uh, look, if you have Kenny Pickett, for some reason you're writing him as a starter, you're desperate. Um, by the way, I need to get well, a- Like we talked about, Ted, this is week five, so a lot of the quarterbacks that are bigger names are, are on the bye week. So Deshaun Watson well, – Justin I, Herbert, Geno Smith, and okay, maybe Baker Mayfield if you use again, but just yeah. So Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson for sure. A lot of people have a roster problem. And look, I, I Jason Davis, I love you so much, man. I'm glad we stayed in contact ever since I, you know, went to new school. Um, you're desperate, dude. I got a text from him. What was that Monday morning or like maybe Sunday night of like, what are your thoughts on like when will Tannehill get benched? And I'm like. I don't know if he's going to be, but like, I don't know if he does probably another couple weeks or so. He goes, okay. Cause I'm thinking of picking up Malik Willis. I was Malik like, oh, good God, man. I was like, Jesus. 
It's like, all Crash right. And then, you That's know what? You know what it was? It was it was Saturday night because then on Sunday, because he has Andy Dalton, and I told him, hold on to Dalton. And Bryce Young got leveled in the third yeah. quarter. And I thought he was out. Like, he looked hurt. And he probably was hurt. And I told him, like, that's why you hold on to Dalton. Don't go for the Malik Willis play. But anyway, so there are desperate QB people out there. And I'm sure, Jason, sorry, this won't be very helpful to you because I'm sure you would be going for him if he was available. But for those of you where he still is available, which, let me check my numbers, is about 93% of you, Sam Howell. I told you guys you laughed in my face you said there's no way this guy is a starter what are you talking about he's small he makes bad decisions he's blah 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 blah, blah. i had to hear it the whole draft season i was right sam howell is a goddamn good quarterback i am playing my flag in there right now if he is he like a franchise like face the franchise quarterback moving forward no but i will tell you what he is he's a new taylor heineke and some people may be like oh wow good prediction there but guess what? Taylor Heineke has been in the league for almost a decade now. He is a more than capable NFL starter. And this year, at least, he's a more than capable fantasy starter, too. This shocked me. So I'll admit, he posted point, negative point two. I don't know about you, Mer. I've never seen a player post negative point whatever. Yeah. That was the Fish first time I've ever seen that. Exactly. So I was like, wow, really? Negative point two? Against the Bills last week. And that was when I was like... Okay, guess uh, guess that was a short-lived experiment there. And then he goes against the Super Bowl runner-ups in the Philadelphia Eagles. And what does he do? He puts up a season high of 20 points. This dude can get down on the ground. He is, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, he is a uh, spunky quarterback that is just like, it's, it's okay. <laughs> what's, the, what's the word you, you would use to describe him? I don't know, but I spunky not is a good word. I don't think it's a Scrap, bad word. Just scrappy. How about scrappy? Scrappy, spunky, same thing. Sprack, scrappy is a good one. Gritty, for sure. That's a good yeah, one, He's too. not really like, gritty. Gritty's okay. not right. Like, Cam Newton's gritty. Anthony Richardson's gritty. See, but I classify Heineke as gritty, too. Like, what he was playing with Washington those last couple of seasons, like, he was a very gritty type of player, for sure. Okay, I'm not comparing their play styles. I'm comparing their career. Meaning, like, he's a guy that will always be like, oh, this guy could be a starter. Like wherever he goes, because I don't oh. think he's going to spend his whole career. In OK, I'm talking more about his play style. I oh, no, his play style is more. Oh, God, that's a good question. Let me think on that. I'll try to think of a comparison. But in the meantime, so other than that one bad game against Buffalo and it was Buffalo, fairly understandable, is he has posted 15, uh, 16 plus points or more um, twice this season. And that other time they didn't. It was 15.5. So we like barely missed out on that 16 point mark. So, I mean, he's a good, you know, solid starting quarterback. And if I was in a situation where let's say I'm in a deeper league and Kenny Pickett was my only quarterback. Yeah. I think I definitely would count on Howell to be a good, you know, streamer at least for the next three weeks because they play the bears, the Falcons and the giants. Those are not, we just saw the giants, like, you know, let drew lock look like a capable quarterback for a couple drives there. Uh, you know, in tonight's Monday night football game. So I really think that Sam Howell at 8.9% rostered so far, if you are desperate and plus he's that under radar guy too. A lot of people are so wary of him. So if you're a little later on in the waiver order, he's a guy that will probably be there for you. So I really, really like Sam Howell moving forward. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So I want to save your tight end pick because I actually want to bring up another tight end that fortunately has an unfortunate injury. And that is Jawad Johnson, the tight end with the New Orleans Saints. Oh, we got uh, her? I actually didn't know this. 
He left the game early against the Bay Buccaneers with a parrot calf injury as well, very similar to Pat Fryerbuth. Um, he was unable to play, and honestly, just that Saints offense is still struggling to find its groove as well. Just a lot of these offenses are just sort of just struggling right now preseason. out of the gates here. I think still sort of just sort of played to the fact that just the preseason game being cut by one game, a lot of people are not practicing as well as much during the preseason and offseason as well, hold out for contracts, what have you. Uh, but Derek Carr is also dealing with the shoulder spray. We brought this up in last week. He decided to gut through it and play through it. He did not look 100% either for sure. Uh, Johnson had an amazing season last year, and you really thought he was going to take that next step and totally break out this year. So far, he has yet to score a touchdown this year, and he has totally been slow out of the gate for this New Orleans offense. Another big thing that's sort of a big factor, too, is that the Saints are going to be without their other tight end, Foster Moreau. He's also dealing with an injury. So as of right now, Tad, their starting tight ends would be if Jordan Johnson has to be significant about traveling still there. No, traveling ah. to the Denver Broncos, remember? So it's oh, actually going right. to be the return of Jimmy Graham. Mm. He's a member of their roster, and they call him a tight end. I know they use him all over the place. He's not he's, a tight end. We need just, to stop stop this narrative. He's not a tight end. Stop it. Uh, but overall, it's looking like the injury may not be super serious, but it may keep him out for maybe a week or two. But just yeah, overall, just had to be just. Once again, it's sort of like hitting that same note on the record here, just sort of like playing the same tune. It's just like these offenses are struggling, and that's the same thing that we're seeing with the Saints offense. A lot of talk in the offseason was just that Derek Carr was going to come in. He's going to bring more consistency to the quarterback position, which will then translate to the offense, and they'll be a lot more better. But just I haven't seen it yet. And, I mean, I, I was also one of the people that was like, Derek Carr's not going to make this offense better. I was very much in that boat that's just like – their offense just sucks. Like, I mean, I don't know what it is. I think it's more Dennis Allen. We're both fans of not being fans of Dennis Allen. I think that's what we're that's both fans idiot. of. And I think that's sort of still showing that's like, even if you have a very capable quarterback and Derek Carr, yes, I know he's dealing with the injury, but the three weeks prior, I haven't seen anything from him that makes me want to think that, yes, the Saints can be, because everybody's also picking the Saints to win the NFC South. I was like, you know, to quote Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend, because I didn't think it was going to be that strong. That actually was not a bad Lee Corso. Good job. <laughs> um, so I don't think it was going to be that clear and evident that they were going to the mid-division. I mean, obviously, we're looking at Tampa Bay. They're playing pretty well right now. Me and you both pick Carolina. It's not looking like that pick is going to play out for us all that well. Sure. Atlanta could be in the mix there, but just I, I think New Orleans is going to be in the contention there for sure. But just as a clear-cut winner for the NFC South, a lot of people are picking them. I don't think so. I think a part of that is just these offensive struggles are really showing, even with Alvin Kamara now back too. It's just, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. So feel free to give your thoughts on the Saints offense, but more importantly, I want to get your thoughts on your week five waiver pickup for the tight end position. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still holding out hope for the Saints offense. I think that uh car again with the, the, the disjointed kind of practice and just kind of developing that chemistry with uh Derek Carr's uh, sprain. It was a joint sprain, right? They call it an AC joint sprain. So, yeah. yeah, it's a, yeah. So, I, I understand why they may be looking a little rusty. Uh, their their best player on that offense, Kendra Miller, has been hurt all – I had to do it. You know I had to do it. You're wearing the frog shirt. Frog's yeah, up, I, baby. I expected it. Yeah, for sure. But, no, but in all seriousness, that is a key missing part because I think they were waiting for Miller to show a little bit of depth there at running back, especially because Kamara hasn't had it. And I, it was funny. The guy I played in – the league with my friends this week started Kamara and I told him, I texted him and I was playing against him. I'm like, don't do it. That's a mistake. And he was like, dude, he's back. He's going to kill it. I'm like, okay, you do you. And like, he didn't have a bad week. Don't get me wrong. All but right, yeah. yeah. But that's the whole thing is like Kamara's just all right now. 
So that's and that's kind of the whole Saints offense is like they'll make those old Saints plays where they'll you know stretch it deep with uh, Rashid uh, Rashid Rahid. Rashid Shahid. Damn it. <laughs> that was close. But they'll stretch it out deep with 22. They'll, you know, a lot of yeah, people get a weird his... number. I'm not used to that still. I'm oh, not I used love to the wide receivers having so cool. non-standard numbers of like I, I I finally got used to the single digits and like the teens, but seeing like the twenties for a receiver, I was like, no, that's a that's a running no, back I number. Or defensive back number. I was like, I, I, I will can't. admit though, I fell for that trap earlier because after week one, I was like, okay, Rashid Shahid, I got you at running back. And I was like, wait, oh. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like the Bengals is uh play, wait and see, like, don't, don't hit the yeah. panic button yet. But, um, especially if you have Derek Carr, don't drop him yet. I think that would be a mistake. Um, especially cause this, this quarterback pool is drying up real quick. Uh, in terms of tight ends, I like Jake Ferguson of the Dallas Cowboys. Cause I mean, That's you're talking pick. about an offense that, you know, is faltering in the new Orleans saints. I know they kind of struggled a bit against the Arizona Cardinals, but I think that was blown out of proportion because it was the Dallas Cowboys. This offense is firing on all cylinders in every other game like that. Their defense is putting them in great position. Like I said, weeks ago, the Trayvon Diggs injury news while sad and while tragic hasn't really affected the defense all that much because again, Trayvon Diggs is kind of overrated. Like he's a good corner, but he's not like the difference maker that you know Stephon Gilmore was was uh, in his heyday or anything like that. So um, I think this Cowboys offense is going to keep going. Jake Ferguson has seen seven targets in three of the four games this season, and here's another thing: in those three or four games, he has gone over five yards in average per reception. So not only are they targeting him a lot, but they're targeting him downfield a lot. He's only had one touchdown in the season, but the fact that he's scored seven points or more three times a season without score or with only scoring one touchdown shows me that he has that usage rate where he is at, at you know, his floor is a solid streamer. And here's the crazy, I like when I was looking for tight ends to write about, I was like, there's no way Jake Ferguson's his roster number is low enough. He's, he's available in 75% of leagues on ESPN. He's still widely out there. So especially like you said, Emer, uh, Gerald Everett, that's looking like, unfortunately, that's going to be a great pickup pick that you had last week because Donald Farum, uh, I don't know if you saw the update today. Parham, yeah, Parham, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Staley was a little coy about it. He wouldn't really say, but he just said the x-rays didn't look good. So now Parham's out. Uh, what's the other one? Oh, uh, Mike Williams is out. So like the Chargers are starting to lose some receivers here. So Gerald Everett, his stock just went up. Um, but he's on a bye week. It's true. So right. if you ever tie in on a bye week, I think Jake Ferguson should be your go-to guy to replace whoever you have. Or if your tight end just sucks. Yeah, that that's a good reason to. God help um, you if you have Kyle Pitts. <laughs> um, let's stick to one more big injury here, Tad. This is actually affecting LAFB Network as well. I'm wondering just how the long-term precautions what happened to Ryan with this one here. Um, nothing, nothing, okay? with our, nothing with our crew. It's actually with the team that we cover here, but um, I'm calling Los something. Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford is dealing with a hip injury. He took a hit. That looks like a hit in the second half and he was able to gut through it. I mean, that's just the type of guy that he is. He sort of plays through all these injuries. He was like, it's going to take a lot more than this type of pain to keep me out of this game. Um, you noticeably could see him limping in and out of the huddles from the sidelines. Like, I mean, you could tell that something was going on with him. He was still able to gut play through the game. He gutted through it. He looked pretty strong out of there. But just the big thing here, Tad, is that Colts have a strong defense. I don't think that they're a terrible Fire. defense, but just I don't know if it compares to 
the defense that they play here week five. They play the Philadelphia Eagles defense. They do not. Five. They do not compare. <laughs> and I'm so, a Colts fan, and they do not compare. <laughs> and so what worries me is that if Matthew Stafford were to take a big hit or if he gets pressured a lot, he has to run a lot on that hip or something like that. But just like if he continues to aggregate, aggravate that hip injury or, like I said, if he takes another big shot and it, it ends up, you know, worsening that injury more than he wants it to be as much as he wants to grit through it. I think, you know, a big hit could sort of put him out for a couple weeks, maybe longer, depending on how big the hit is. It's a worst be just like about his long-term viability with this hip injury. If he's able to sort of stay clean and the Los Angeles Rams are able to protect him, which they have been kind of like, I mean, not consistently, but Better that's a big year. factor. Exactly. So I, that's a big factor. If they can protect for him, then I think he should be fine. But against this Eagles front and this Eagles defense overall, that worries me that if he takes a significant hit, you want to guess who their backup is right now, Ted? Oh, it's not Stet- Stetson Bennett, although we do hope the best for Stetson Bennett. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Is, that, is, is it still that Wake Forest guy or that Wolford guy? Who am I thinking Oh, about? John Wolford? No, it's not Wolford. It's not Wolford. Oh, damn it. Uh... <laughs> No, I have no idea. Uh, Brett Rippin. Brett Rippin's still in the league. How old is that guy? Brett Jesus. It's still in the league. He is currently the backup for the Los Angeles Rams. And I mean, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in Rippin in this offense. So, I mean, just like, yeah, if Stafford were to miss a significant injury right now, he's okay. Like, I would just say that he's totally fine. But just if you were to take a big hit and, you know, unfortunately, we're in a force to miss time. This could be a significant injury that could hurt the Rams going forward. So, I mean, just I'm calling fake news. The Internet's saying he's 27 years old. It feels like he's been in the league for a decade. Yeah, no, he's been around for a while. And then, Tad, just really quick, the one other injury that I want to get to that you actually brought it to my attention because uh, I was a little bit behind there. But Devontae Adams took a big hit. He landed on his shoulder pretty bad. severely. He missed a little bit of time in the second quarter, but he came right back in. Very similar to Matthew Stafford. He was like, it's going to take a lot more pain to this shoulder for me to keep me out of this game. There's a lot of people that are just That like, man is insane. Can we just yeah. acknowledge that? that He is crazy. It was like we were talking about with the Derek, when the Derek Carr news broke and Ryan Clark was like, I had the same injury. They injected me. like I couldn't lift my arm up. They, and this is Ryan Clark saying this. They injected me in my shoulder so that I could go play. And I'm sitting on my couch like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, if you cannot lift your shoulder up, take the week off. If you are that hurt where you're like, oh, yeah, no, I think it might, like, my shoulder might have popped out. Eh, just pop it back in. I'll be back in there or drive. Like, yeah. good lord, these psycho people. Exactly. So he got landed on his right shoulder. He missed a little bit of time in the second quarter, but he came right back into the game. Um, he was able to gut through it. He did say he was dealing with a lot of pain during that sure. uh, game, obviously. And obviously after the game, he's probably dealing with it. So I don't know if he's going to miss any time. There hasn't been any news about that so far because he did play the rest of that game. But if the injury is significant enough and he's going to have to miss some time, that's a very big missing piece of your fantasy roster if you have Devontae Adams. You thought this offense was your bad before. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They had the rookie Aiden O'Connell playing as well. So, I mean, yeah, with Jimmy Garoppolo dealing with concussions. So, it's like I'm not sure how this offense is going to look either if Devontae Adams and their possible starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, are both out as well. So, yeah, monitor that situation. As of right now, there's no news that has surfaced that's going to force him to miss any time. Like he's probably going to cut through it there. But just those are the other two injuries that I want to bring up, Tad, that are significant here for week four. Um, actually, I take that back. I 
not significant, but these are two injuries that also happened to big day players. Justin Herbert, a Los Angeles Chargers. He dealt with a lacerated also finger. Also a psycho. Yeah, lacerated finger, and he had it all wrapped up, and he had it in a splint or a brace or whatever. He did play the rest of the game. Uh, he had a great Monty Python quote during his post-game interview saying, this is only a flesh wound. Exactly, only a flesh wound. And a lot of people were like, well, so is it a flesh wound? And they thought he was being serious. And like, oh, is that a movie quote? He's like, it's a movie quote like i'm fine that's <laughs> so, great that is um, so typical yeah and so the big thing i say that's not so significant is because it's on his non-throwing hand and mm. like i brought up before the chargers are on a bye week this week so he's got an extra week to heal so i think he should be perfectly fine by week seven should be good to go and the other one mike evans he left the game against the new orleans saints with a calf injury he missed the second half of that game he was ruled out but the bucks are also on a bye week so i think he should be good to go by week seven as well so tad any thoughts there on Stafford, Devontae Adams, the Herbert quote? I mean, just <laughs> lay it yeah. on me here. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, I basically agree with everything you just said. Uh, well, two things. One is, oh, man, I should not make this joke. I'm going to make the joke. Um, the temptation to make an old – like, what, what's the biggest complaint on Stafford so far, like, over the past, like, two years? I just staying healthy for the most part. Okay, why? Because he always tries to gut through it. No, no, no. It's because he's getting older. I'm sorry, well, that, but the but the old man breaking his hip jokes, like they just write themselves. Like, come on. A little bit. Come yeah. on. Like that was so I didn't want to do it on Sunday because I knew everyone was a little touchy that was hurt. So I'm like, you know what? That's just like poking the bear there. So I'm like, I'm gonna leave that one alone. But like though I, my mind was running a mile a minute. As soon as he was like, ah, oh, my hip, my hip, I'm like, get life alert, man. <sighs> life alert, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Gonna get some hate for that. Um, but no, in terms of um you know, everything else, I, I completely agree with everything you said. The only th other thing I have to add is I, I have a new job for the NFL to, uh, you know, create is at all 32 stadiums. Well, I guess 16. Um, they need because apparently there's a rumor they have snipers up in the rafters at every game for safety reasons. But you know what those snipers should have? They should just have a trank dart. So that like when Devonte Adams is like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. He's trying to run back on the field. You just trank him. From the rafters. <laughs> just fire one. Just straight at them. Because that is the only way to keep these psychos off the field. I appreciate what they do. I appreciate their toughness. I aspire to it. I will not get anywhere close to that. But, like, my God, these people, like, whoo. I mean, one of, the, one of your favorite players got his freaking finger. Yeah, yeah, that was that was insane in a playoff game. So I mean, just yeah, it's pretty wild what they go through, what they do, and all this stuff. Like, it's, just, gonna, it's like American Sniper. Just, just, just. And there's that um, it's not football, but there's that famous scene of um, or famous clip of Kobe Bryant getting his finger like popped right back into yeah. it, like just right on the sideline. He's like, I'm good. I'm going back in the game. <laughs> so it's just like, OK, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so those are all the big injuries there, Ted. I know you sort of gave a lot of your waiver wire picks. I'm going to go through my waiver wire picks here really quickly. Just run through all of them really as fast as I can. Start the quarterback position. I like Josh Dobbs this week on the Arizona Cardinals roster. Ah, you're finally buying in, huh? I'm buying in. Only 2.1% rostered in ESPN leagues and 5% of Yahoo leagues. I mean, just one of the talking points of the NFL, Ted, we talked about this. Just the Cardinals are sort of 
they're not they're not laying down to anybody. They're sort of fighting not doormat. every single team. Same thing with San Francisco this past weekend as well. They always get the upset one against the Dallas Cowboys. But in two of his last three games, Tad, Tom, Dobbs has had 20 fantasy, fantasy points or more in PPR leagues. In his next three weeks, Dobbs and the Cardinals will face the Bengals, who are struggling, which we already talked about. The Rams could be very iffy as well in a Super Bowl rematch. I mean, not Sorry, not Super Bowl rematch. That's the Bengals and Rams I was thinking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a divisional matchup, though. That's very important, though. So that could go either their way as well and they play the seahawks in another divisional matchup as well so those could be very interesting matchups for the next couple of weeks with the bye weeks rolling around Dobbs could be an excellent streaming option especially if you need help at the bye week for your quarterback for their position there um stick with the los angeles Rams. i'm gonna go with the running back position here i'm gonna say pick up Roddy rivers he's rostered only 0.3 percent of espn leagues and Yahoo doesn't do the point percentages or whatever, so it's just 0% in Yahoo leagues. But I'm pretty sure there's like some sort of fractional decimal there. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear to Everett. Uh, Kyron Williams is the clear leading rusher for the Los Angeles Rams, especially with them trading by Cam Akers to the Minnesota Vikings a couple weeks ago. Um, but I think Rivers has shown that he could be a good change of pace back because in that game last week against – or not last week, yesterday – against the Indianapolis Colts, he had nine carries for 47 rushing yards. He also had two receptions for 10 yards. So if Kyron Williams were to miss any time, I think Ronnie Rivers can step in and be a really good handcuff option for you. And I think just in the meantime, maybe you're not gonna, maybe he's not going to get a ton of carries, but I think you sprinkle him in, he could vulture a touchdown here or there. So he's a very matchup-based flex option for sure for you to stash on your bench, especially, like I said, if there's an injury to happen to Kyra Williams, this guy I think becomes a very good flex starter for sure going forward. Well, and not only that, but remember that Sean McVay, you know, what three four years ago if my math is correct which again big assumption but um the running back by committee that was like the rams fantasy hang up a couple years ago it was like one day like cam Akers would go off and todd Gurley would go off and then another player would go off and like the the running back by committee mcveigh was a very big proponent of that just a couple years ago until he was forced to start depending on one and then now he has to depend on none um so it's just it's i it wouldn't shock me that if rivers keeps going the way he is if they kind of return to that form because remember that's how cam Akers broke onto the scene was this backup keeps like you said vulturing i it wasn't girly who whose touchdowns was he vulturing Cam Akers is vulturing somebody's touchdowns. <laughs> I remember that. And we were all like, who's this Cam Akers kid? And then all of a sudden, like, you know, all that stuff happened. So, yeah, no, I mean, he's an interesting I, – I disagree with you on add. I wouldn't add him quite yet because his numbers are so low that I don't think a lot of people are going to add him. But he is a very interesting name to keep an eye on. For sure, for sure. And they face the Cardinals and the Steelers here in week six and seven. So I think, yeah, Never mind, some Adam. matchups coming up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I'm going to get the receiver position. And Tad, I know you talk a lot about your um, alma mater at TCU, but you have another alma mater in SMU that you don't I told you. I much. told you this guy was going to be good. And I feel like you need we need to start talking about this guy a lot more often. And that's Rasheed Rice, the rookie out of SMU, your other alma mater. So you have, by, by the way, sorry to interrupt you real quick. So this is SMU's thing. To give our viewers, really? our YouTube viewers, yes. So it's like pony ears. So for for our oh, podcast listeners, you is, stick up two so fingers bad. like the peak line, and you like so slightly, bad. ever so slightly bend it to be the pony ears. And then this is the TCU one, which is way better. Pony up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that really it's, what they say? That's serious. Well, it's pony up or pony, I don't know. It's something with a pony. Oh, my God. Aren't they the Mustangs, though? Like, why pony? Because they're interchangeable. I don't know, man. I never went to a game. <laughs> I went there during COVID. I never was on campus. Okay, fine. Whatever, whatever. But 
Rasheed Rice, former SMU wide receiver, now with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's rostered only 11% of ESPN leagues and 36% of Yahoo leagues. Oh, but shit, that's nice. Travis Kelsey is the clear leader in targets and receptions for this team, even with him missing a game. But Ted, Did you know he is Zadie Taylor Swift? Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, news no, to me. No, that's no, just- that was a joke. <laughs> We're not discussing the same further. Go. Uh, but the clear thing here, Tad, is that Rasheed Rice has sort of taken that secondary role outside of Travis Kelsey. He is second on the team in both receptions and targets, and he's definitely been looking like a go-to option and a dependable option for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we sort of look at this Kansas City receiver landscape and we're just like, who can we trust in a given week? Is it going to be Kadarius Tony? Is it going to be Sky Moore? Is it going to be Justin Watson? Is it going to be the guy that I was a big fan of, Justin Ross? He hasn't been doing anything like right now, but just it seems to be Rasheed Rice and he seems to be emerging in this offense as a dependable piece. Um, you look at this, uh, you look at his uh, stat line through, through the four weeks of action. He only has 19 targets, 13 receptions, 140 yards, and one touchdown. But I think because he's second on the team in targets and receptions, it's clear that they want to go to him more. So I think in this case, very similar to Roddy Rivers, where it's like his roster percentage numbers are low. You want to grab him now before he has that breakout game. And everybody's like, why have nobody picked up Rasheed Rice? And everybody's going to be clamoring to get him. Be one week early, then one week too late. So I think that's the case here with Rasheed Rice. So stash him on your bench if you have the space for him because I think eventually he's going to have that breakout game and everybody's going to be swarming to get him and you'll already have him on your roster. So be ahead of the pack there. Pick up Rasheed Rice. Amara, what's my favorite thing to do when making comparisons? You like to do extremely unrelatable Hall of Fame comparisons to all these players for some reason. So I'm guessing you have okay. some sort of similar Hall of Fame comparison to Rasheed Rice. Again, not in terms of play style, but in terms of the relationship around this offense is, yeah. you know what this is reminding me a lot of is this is the Chiefs reinventing. They got their quarterback. They got their Tony Gonzalez and Travis Kelsey, and they got their Dwayne Bow. And Rasheed Rice, the Dwayne Bow, not as extreme as Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, the Dwayne Bow Tony Gonzalez relationship was exactly like what you just described. Where Tony Gonzalez was always the top guy, but whenever they shut down Tony Gonzalez, Dwayne Bow was there. Now, was he stretching the field? Not quite, but you could always depend on him for a pretty good, like you know, 10, 15 yard catch, and he was a you know fairly big physical receiver. And Rasheed Rice, like you said, it's kind of reminded me of that relationship of like, all right, we got our main target, our giant ass tight end. But then we also got this good possession receiver that I can depend on on the outside. So I'm telling you, this is Dwayne Bow, Tony Gonzalez, 2.0, baby. For sure, for sure. I'm so thinking about my name, Dwayne Bow. So speaking about, you know, tight ends here with Travis Kelsey and Tony Gonzalez, I'm going to go to the tight end position here, Tad. You actually brought this name before, and I think Cap's going to be a huge, you know, wondering about this name very, too. Uh, but Kyle this. Pitts. Kyle Pitts has been struggling this season, so I'm not saying pick up Kyle Pitts. Oh, okay. have a roster. Ooh, I'm about to throw away all credibility we had. But I think the guy behind him is starting to gain a lot more traction as possibly being a more viable fantasy option. And that is the former Tennessee type and the former New England Patriot, Jonu Smith. He is now a member of the Atlanta Falcons. He is rostered in 0.4% of ESPN leagues and 1% of Yahoo leagues. So here's the crazy thing, Ted. So when the Falcons played the Jaguars this past weekend in London, who do you think was a starter? And it's kind of obvious now that I'm asking you this question here, but just Kyle Pitts. <laughs> that most people I'll will ta- say that. I'll toss you a bone. I'll toss yeah, you a Yeah, exactly. Bone. Most people will say Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts. But in this case, 
Kyle Pitts earned the first three starts of the season, but in this season, this game, John Smith was actually the starting tight end for this team. I will say, though, in fairness, Kyle Pitts did play in 37 snaps compared to 32 for John Smith. So did the start really make a difference? I don't know. But I think the biggest thing that we're sort of seeing here, Tad, is that Kyle Pitts is being used to block a lot more for Bijan Robinson, for Tyler Algier, for that running game instead of going out in routes. So who's getting the benefits of running routes at the tight end position? John Smith. And it's like, you look at what he's been doing the past couple of games in three straight games, Tad, he has at least six targets. Kyle Pitts has only gone over six targets once through four weeks of action. So, I mean, this is sort of spelling something as far as the fact that Kyle Pitts is being used to stay in and block, maybe run a few rounds every so often, but they're using John Smith as that receiving threat at the tight end position. How long will this sustain? I don't know, but I think the biggest thing is you want to ride this wave while it's high right now. Jump on the John U. Smith bandwagon because until he eventually starts getting worn out for Kyle Pitts eventually down the road, or maybe he won't because Arthur Smith, I don't know what he's doing, but somehow he's doing his office the way that he wants to. No one does. And- Exactly. And I think John Smith right now has the favor of Arthur Smith in that passing offense. So I think pick him up and use him as a starting viable tight end in streaming options here with the bye weeks rolling around. So yeah, John Smith over Kyle Pitts. I never thought I'd say those words in the 2023 season. John Smith is a risky pick, but I do see where you're coming from. When I make that risk myself, I'm sitting at two and two in the league I care about the most. So no, I'm like teetering on the edge of, yo. Do I, but if I'm sitting at like 3-1 or 4-0, and and I'm like, you know what? I'm sitting pretty good. I don't really need this bench player. It's an interesting pickup to make. Uh, the oh Man, I'm going to say this, and I really do mean this. I think Kyle Pitts is borderline droppable at this point. I'm not even sure if I'm keeping Kyle Pitts around. We may have to bring this up in an episode in a couple weeks here, Tad, about just other players besides Kyle Pitts that just like, do we need to trust them going forward the rest of the season? But yeah, so far the way he's been looking, I don't blame you to sort of think those thoughts as far as like, do I need to drop this guy? And I don't know if you saw that quote, Arthur Smith, you stay the hell away from Brock Bowers. Did you that. say you stay away I from that, that man? I'll just like think too much fun. to not use him. Like, yeah, don't I you, don't, don't you dare. Well, I, I hate Brock Powers because of what he did to TCU. Don't you dare. He is too, he is too much fun. You send that man to new England. Yeah, exactly. So Tad, really quickly, I don't need any analysis, but give me your picks for the defense and your kicker uh, pickups for your week one. All right, so for defense, I like the Lions. I know you said no analysis, but I had to share this stat. They've had 12 sacks in the last two weeks. Yeah. That's crazy. And who do they play next week? They've got Carolina. Ooh, that's not good. For Carolina. For Detroit, it's good. No, no. If I'm Bryce Young, I'm like, oh, no, my my heel. My heel. I'm just, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Andy, get in there. Like, Bryce Young's going to die. Um, so I really like the Lions. They are rostered currently in 4.7% of leagues in the ESPN. And, uh, hey, this will make our LAFP people happy. Brett Maher. That dude's low-key killing it. He's available in about 80% of leagues, and he's not dipped below double digits all season. Solid, solid. So for me, I'm going with the defense. You actually talked about this defense. You talked about you talked about this team, excuse me. It's Sam Howell, how you like that team. But I like the defense, surprisingly. So they were able to keep it close with the Philadelphia Eagles. They look good the first couple of weeks. So I think they got a pretty good next set of games. They play the Bears, the Falcons, and the Giants. So I think their defense is going to show up pretty well. They're widely available. They're rostered only 18.9% of ESPN leagues and 26% of Yahoo leagues. They have the kicker position. Tad, 
The Houston Texans have been surprising a lot of people, too. We're talking about the Arizona Cardinals surprising people. CJ Stroud and that offense has been looking pretty strong through the first four weeks of action. So their kicker is definitely a must add. And he is more available than, you know, what I just said with the Washington Commanders defense. He's only rostered in 0.8% of ESPN leagues. This is Kyby Fairbair, the kicker for the Houston Texans, and only rostered 1% of Yahoo leagues. I mean, they're getting a lot of opportunities to score. They're moving down the field pretty well. So go add Kyby Fairbair while this offense stays hot in Houston. All right, go back to your commander's pick because during the afternoon, like early afternoon games yesterday, I was like, oh my God, this man's a monster about Chase Young. And then I was watching the, you know, another early afternoon game. I'm like, oh my God, this man's an even bigger monster. And it was Miles Garrett. If you were locked in the octagon with Miles Garrett or Chase Young, who do you last longer against? It's a push available because yeah, I'm not lasting against either guy. <laughs> like, it I, might be the same. I feel like we have a chance that Chase Young may hurt himself. So as long as you just yeah. like keep like rolling around and like diving out of the way, maybe you can get away before he drags you to your death. If I had the ability, I'd pull the move from Spider-Man 1, the Tobey Maguire. And just like climb just up the wall. The cage and I just, <laughs> I'd beat out my time there, the three minutes or whatever. Like if I had the ability, but I don't even have that ability. So I, like, I wouldn't like, even put it I'm past them. The, I, I wouldn't put it past either one of them to climb up after you. Seriously. They have the height and ability to just reach up and grab me, too. Probably. Can we do, do like, AFC-NFC Defensive Player of the Year? Because they both deserve it. Yeah. It's not like the MLB where they have it for both. Yeah, they they need to change that because they're not human. For sure. Um, so, Tad, that'll conclude our episode for this week. Just a reminder, we brought up at the beginning of the episode, but we have bye weeks this week here at week five. The Cleveland Browns, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are all on bye weeks this week. So make sure you're adjusting your rosters accordingly. Uh, guys, make sure you're aware of all the injuries that I brought up. There's a lot of significant injuries. A lot of them that are players are going to be out for a significant amount of time. So, guys, that's why we're telling you to interact with us on our social media handles. You got us on Twitter. You got me at other side. 23 yeah tad to tad side 94 we got the show handle at the decide guys we're here to interact with you we're here to help you win all your various fantasy football leagues we've said this before we'll continue to keep saying it me and tad play in so many leagues and so many different leagues so if you need advice on a specific type of league we are here to help you out whether it's in you know a pick'em league whether it's in a vampire league that tad's in whether it's in an idp league which i play in whether it's in you know a survivor league whether it's in just you dynasty know league. that's why i'm helping jason davis out exactly dynasty leagues for sure too so i mean it's just like you name it we are here to help you out we have advice for you so make sure you're taking advantage of that we got you covered on sports bets as well tad like you said he went three for three this past week so i mean he's doing really well um i've been getting a lot of picks right as well so i mean guys make sure you interact with us with your sports picks as well if you need some help there and i think just biggest thing that you could be doing to support us subscribe or listen to your podcast whether that's on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify you can listen right on the lfp network website as well hit that subscribe button always be up to date with our podcast for watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so we're always up to date with our YouTube videos as well. There may be some content that you may see on YouTube that you may not get on the podcast, so it definitely pays to subscribe to both. And of course, guys, I mean, make sure you're giving support to our parent network at LEFB Network. They're giving you a lot of great content when it comes to the Rams and the Chargers at the professional level and the Trojans at the Bruins at the college level. So guys, to everybody who's interacting with us, who's listening to us, who's watching us, I mean, just anything and everything that you're doing to support us, guys, we really can't thank you enough. Hey, if you're like me and you're like, oh, cool. The side guys just came out with a new episode. And it's Tuesday afternoon. You're like, I'm going to listen to that when I get home tomorrow or uh, tonight. 
and then you don't really listen to it Tuesday night. And the next thing you know, it's Wednesday morning, waivers of process. Your first guys have gone through and you're like, shit. Or if you were responsible to listen to us, but it just didn't go your way. And the guy you were hoping for got taken before you. And you're like, I don't know what to do now. Waivers don't end on Wednesday, guys. They go throughout the entire week. Literally, I'm not even joking. I had Deshaun Watson as my starting quarterback up until about 10 a.m. Central time. Yep. And I changed my quarterback in the airport at the gate as my plane was boarding. Like, A group is now boarding. Give me a second. Like, I literally did that. I'm like, I need to switch out this quarterback. So if you need any last-minute waiver you know, advice, any last-minute injury advice, we're here for you. We check our social media uh, you know, handles constantly. We check our YouTube uh, comments at least twice a day. So we're here for any advice you may need, whether it be trades, free agency, waiver wires, whatever you need, we got you. And, uh, you know, as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And please stay safe, everyone. Happy October, by the way.